Goodbye diets and hello sustainable health. I'm Elise, dietitian and nutritionist based in the Silicon Valley. I believe that we all deserve an effortless relationship with food without obsession. Today, I want to talk a little bit about guilt and how to stop feeling guilty when it comes to food. And I've had a few Instagram followers DM me about certain foods that they feel guilty about. And so I'm going to share some of my answers to those questions today. And if you find yourself always feeling guilty about food and that leads to binges or overeating, I want you to listen to the end because I'm announcing something very exciting that I'll be launching at the end of the month. Some of you might already know, but it's a 30-day course to binge and body freedom. So stay tuned. And I'm recording from Greece right now. I'm in Rhodes, Greece, and I am just walking around this medieval town, soaking everything in, and I'm headed to Santorini after this. And so if you're following me on Instagram, you'll be seeing what I've been up to lately. But anywho's live from Greece, and let's get into it. So the big question that I got um, on Instagram DMs the other day was, what if I eat, let's just say, bread and pasta and flour-containing foods back-to-back? What can I do then to not feel bad? There's a lot of guilt and feeling bad that's surfacing. And I think as we're diving into intuitive eating work, we want to give ourselves unconditional permission to eat. Logically, we want to be okay with all foods, but this stuff doesn't just come when you snap your finger and decide to. It comes over time. And so I think the root of this is guilt, right? If I have, you know, maybe a pastry in the morning, I shouldn't have pasta in the afternoon. Or if I have this, then I shouldn't do that. It still is a sort of conditional way of looking at food. And instead of looking at it through the logic um, and through guilt, essentially, can you zoom into how your body is taking in the food? For example, if you had a croissant for breakfast, what do you want to eat for lunch? And yeah, maybe you've had a very active day in the morning, you've been thinking a lot, you've been moving around, you've been very busy, and your body is ready for something heavy again for lunch. Maybe it does want pasta with um, meat sauce and, you know, insert X, Y, and Z, and that is, you know, in a way warranted because your body wants something heavy. Now, say it's lunchtime and you're feeling already a little bit heavy and sluggish, like the breakfast didn't digest or you're still feeling pretty full from the croissant. And I want you to be super, super honest with yourself. I want you to really think, is this my guilt telling me that I'm still full or is it my body actually telling me that I'm still full? So be super uber honest with yourself and make that decision or just kind of tune into that. And from there, you can make an informed decision. Perhaps pasta with meat sauce compounded with the pastry just might feel a little bit too heavy and you won't be as effective or productive in the afternoon. Make that call for yourself, but don't let guilt decide whether or not you're full. That's the real key. And don't let guilt muddle your your connection to those physical cues and I know it's easier said than done I say this every day but over time as you let go of some of that guilt and lean into what those signals are telling you you'll be able to develop more trust because I've had situations I don't know about you 
but I will have had maybe a pastry in the morning and then I was maybe traveling and walking around five hours in the morning and then by lunchtime I want something heavy again that's maybe flour containing but I tell myself no it's okay I should eat something light I should eat my veggies and I will get a salad and immediately after my salad I feel ravenous I was going to curse right there. Um, I feel ravenous. And I, I know a lot of you have experienced this too, where you tell yourself I should have the light thing, but you end up so hungry afterwards that you kick yourself because you know that the other thing would have been more satisfying. So sometimes, you know, try not to second guess yourself, especially if guilt is clouding the picture. So the takeaway for this this DM question is, be truthful and kind of go with your physical sensations and what would be satisfying for you. You can't see this, but I totally rolled my eyes at myself having said that out loud because it's just so hackneyed, <laughs> but it's true. And then the second DM question I got this week was about chocolate. You know, can I eat chocolate every day? Um, and this is really interesting because I think every one of us has a food that we don't think we should eat every day, but we kind of want to, right? Um, I think for some of us, that might be ice cream. For others, chocolate. For maybe someone else, it's chips. There's one food that's kind of like your kryptonite that you don't want to have every day, but you also kind of do. And the question there is, is it okay? Again, I'm going to do the thing that I do best, which is reflect it back onto you. I want you to pick out that food for yourself. And I want you to ask, what are the concerns I have about eating chocolate every day? Is it that it's too much sugar? Is it that I um, will overeat and binge on it? Is it guilt? You know, what? What are the concerns about eating chocolate every day? And sure, maybe there's a health component too. Maybe it's not good for my health. But on the other side, I want you to ask yourself, what are the pros of eating chocolate every day? A lot of you might say, well, it really does comfort me. It makes me happy. It is something that I just enjoy. It brings happiness to my day. And those are all valid answers. Now, I want you to put those two sides together, you know, the concerns that you have and the pros that you have. And I think the answer is still unclear based on the pros and cons that I just listed out. I think a lot of you guys will push back and say, well, it's not good for my health. I will bring in a really interesting story. Now that I'm in Greece, I think it's the perfect time to tell you guys um, but have you guys heard of the thing called blue zones of the world? Um, blue zones were discovered by National Geographic. And these researchers who were exploring the world, they found that there were certain pockets in the world that had the healthiest old people over 100 years old. Very little rates of heart disease, diabetes, dementia, you name it. Chronic disease levels were an all-time low. And I'm mentioning that today because I'm in Greece and this very small secluded island, Ikaria, Greece, is one of those blue zones with very dense amounts of old people over 100. Okinawa, Japan is another region, another isolated island in Japan. And then Sardinia, Italy, a mountainous highland region of Italy. And then Nicoya, Costa Rica is another. 
And I think um, Loma Linda, California is another. So those are about the five pockets in the world. And what they found is that in addition to nutrition, and we'll get to that point, there are a satellite of characteristics that these populations have. One is a sense of purpose. You know, older people there in these cultures are celebrated. And so they have this purposeful way of living. And a lot of these people also are close to the land. They either tend to their own plants or tend to the animals of the land. They're connected to the land. Along a similar vein, they're also connected with each other. There is a huge sense of community and love and social ties and connections. These isolated regions, these cultures, they care so much about friendship and family. So there's a lot of social ties in these cultures. And those are all protective mechanisms. They're heart protective. It helps with blood sugar. These are very indirect ways that they are improving their health. You know, stress levels are probably much lower in these regions than our modern day society. And that is heart protective and blood sugar protective and blood pressure protective. They also walk around a lot. There's a lot of passive activity in the mountains, on the islands. There's just a lot of built-in walking and movement. And then finally, I'm going to get to the most controversial thing, which is the nutrition. And the nutrition, yes, is mostly plants. It's mostly veggies and grains and beans and tofu and just a little bit of animal protein coming from fish or animals from the land or dairy products or eggs. You know, majority is plants, a little bit animal protein and a little bit of the sugar stuff that we have in modern societies as well, but nothing out of proportion, right? And if you think about it, you know, I'm sure people in these regions have a little bit of sugar every day somewhere here and there. And they're fine because there's so many other protective mechanisms. And I think if we were to think about the end goal of health being longevity and not getting chronic diseases, they are such a great example of what holistic health looks like. And the holistic health means food and a satellite of other traits. So <laughs> I want you to think about that chocolate in the grand scheme of things. Are you connecting? Are you socially um, fulfilled? Are you fulfilled in terms of movement? Are you, do you have a purpose? Do you feel like you're, you're really kind of satisfied with what you're doing with your life and your goals? These are very lofty, but I don't want you to be so reductive in your thinking that it's just about that one piece of chocolate. That one piece of chocolate is not going to do that much harm. It's a drop in the bucket, and that's how I like to think of things. Now, if that amount of chocolate that you're eating is making you feel sick or nauseous or it's not providing with you it's not providing you the energy that actually is energizing, um, then think about that. You know, if the chocolate is giving you energy, but you really need a nap, give yourself a nap. But if the chocolate is helping you feel a little bit happier and it's giving you a boost of energy in a non-negative way, I don't see any harm. And you can extrapolate that with your chips with your ice cream, if you're getting awful diarrhea and breakouts from ice cream, maybe the, the concerns are greater than the pros. And if the chips are causing you to, you know, X, Y, and Z in a negative way, you can weigh that for yourself. But again, don't think about health as just one thing. You know, one thing can't ruin all of health. Health is everything. It's a satellite of things. Wow. I feel like I was on my soapbox just now, but that's how I like to think of it.
So really the takeaway for this question is don't be too hard on yourself. Weigh your own personal pros and cons. And at the end of the day, a daily piece of something is really a drop in the bucket. Which brings me to the announcement. So many of us, you know, we know what we should be doing. We want to neutralize all foods. We want to be okay eating all foods in moderation and not be obsessed. We all want food freedom. I think that's why you're listening to this podcast to a certain extent. And we all are a little bit scared of weight gain and what that might look like or how our body will change with intuitive eating and food freedom. Then you would be the perfect candidate for my 30-day course to binge and body freedom where it ties in both of these things. I know a lot of you are held back from binge freedom because of your fear of weight change. And so this 30-day course will go through the entire spectrum of concerns and fears that you have so that you can really find food freedom for yourself. So every day of this course, you'll be given a very specific reflection question or exercise to do that builds one day after the next. It's in this very specific sequence that I take most of my clients through that really helps them look at their body image and their relationship with food in a really nice way where you're not left hanging. You know exactly how to navigate these fears and reflect on them so that you can break through. A lot of us, there's a barrier. There's something that that's blocking us from fully finding binge and food freedom, and it's usually the body piece. So it'll be fully integrated in a way that will help you see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that's going to be the main piece of this course. And I want to make sure that by Thanksgiving, you are feeling much more confident walking into Thanksgiving dinner, if you celebrate that, or even just walking into the winter holiday season. I want to set you up for success. I want you to take a close, hard look at your relationship with food and body before you walk into the first holiday. And from there, I was thinking of doing something fun, which is sprinkling in a live happy hour, super lighthearted. We don't have to get serious. We don't have to talk about the deep feels and body image issues. But if we get a little tipsy and we do, we can along with the 30-day step-by-step reflection questions and exercises, there will be a happy hour live and also, of course, recorded lessons and slides. If you're a fan of that, great. The information will be there. If you're not, just come to happy hour. I am recording this a few days later. My voice is completely out, so please bear with me, but I wanted to let you guys know that next week I will be launching the course. So the pre-sale will start next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So there's about already 41 of you guys on the wait list for it, which means that you will get first dibs. You will get the email coming out Monday morning at 10 a.m. sharp and pre-sale will last until Wednesday, 10 a.m. So there's two days of the pre-sale. This course is meant to be a shortcut. It's meant to take all of the theory, all of the fat out of the overwhelm. I think we all have too much information on the web and there's just too much information to sort through. So this course will give you the strategy in a very linear way and the information will be distilled so that you're doing something every day and there's meaning and purpose behind every exercise every day. And that way it'll be a compact 30-day journey to get you to binge and body freedom. So 
make sure that you get on the wait list. Again, there's 40 of you already, which I'm super excited for. Presale starts next Monday. So please be sure to get your name on the wait list today. You still have a few days to get on the wait list. And I can't wait for all of you to start your binge and body freedom journey. Okay, until next week. Bye, guys.